everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Well, you know, it's my birthday today, Jed. For real? Yeah. I chose this date because, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but on a podcast <laughs> with you on this Wednesday on my uh, 56th birthday. You are 10 years older than me, almost exactly. I really? just your turned 46. When's your, when's your birthday? A month ago, uh, January 3rd, I just turned 46. Wow. You're in your prime. Is that right? <laughs> Everybody says you're in your prime, no matter what your age. No matter you know? what year. No matter what yeah. year. Right. Yeah, you right, could right. be like 200 years old, and this, you're in your prime, Simon. My my kids asked me the other day. We were talking about this. My kids said, "Hey, Dad, if you could be any age again, what would you be?" And I said, "18," because yeah. you know, retrospectively, 18 was my prime. I could dunk, you know, like different. now I, I can't even jump four inches off the ground and they got all sad and they were like, but that was way before we were born. And I was like, yep, yes, it was. <laughs> great. Great. Way to bring it down, Jed. Well, I, and way to talk about myself. Let's get back to you, Simon. Okay. Um, Seriously. You're, yeah. you're 56 today. That's awesome. Thank you yeah. even more for doing this, but tell yeah, me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about Simon. Jesus, where to start, mate? Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm English. Um, that's obviously a downer right there. And I, I managed to escape on one of those sailing boats. I think it was called the May Tulip or something like that. Um, but it was, a, it was a while ago. I escaped to the, the, great, the great land. Yeah, is that um, right? And I've been in the, I've been in the States. Uh, man, I've been in the States... 24 years. Oh, well, you have yeah. been here for a while. Yeah, I am. I'm American. You can't tell from this Brooklyn accent that I've sort of mastered. They didn't tell me you were going to be this funny. I, I have to need, I need uh, to tone it down a little bit so, cause I can get over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Jed. Let it go, mate. <laughs> it's a Wednesday. Um, so, okay. So here, here's, here's for real what I, I have I have a few talking points, but I really want to sidestep those uh, for the time being, and really find out a little bit more about you and how how does somebody get to where you are? <laughs> Honest, honestly, like okay, so here's why I'm asking. It comes across however it comes across, but there are so many people these days right? That would categorize themselves as photographers. You and I are on the older end of the spectrum, you know, compared to all these kids in their twenties and their thirties. And, and even in their forties, for me, I feel like I'm 30 years older than them sometimes, but there it's different now than what it was 20 or 30 years ago. Right? Like way different. And I know that that's, a, that's not a very, that's super profound statement, but you, you you are at a level in the industry in the f photographic industry that these days hundreds of thousands if not millions of people aspire 
to reach, right? Uh, that's true. That's just true. Let's just call it what it is. How does, how did that happen for you? It was 30 years ago. Were you like, I'm going to be one of the world's preeminent uh, photographers and I'm going to focus on sport. I mean, how, how did, the, how did you do that? Uh, you know, I, I, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't actually know. Um, and I think the probably the secret for me is that I never really thought about that. It was never really a, well, that's what I wanted you know, to know. I had that sense. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I want, obviously, you know, you want to be, you want to be the best at what you're doing. Um, but I, I don't think I had any sort of like, yes, I need to get to point, you know, whatever Z or whatever it is. I didn't need to do, I didn't have that in my mind. I was, uh, I mean, partly maybe that's just down to short sightedness from my perspective. I just was wow. dealing with literally things in front of me. Um, you know, looking at a lot of work. Um, so really it's a day by day, you know, week by week, like, like keep, stay at the grindstone type of thing. Like a little bit of best, that. For sure. Do your best this week. Do your best the week after. Do your best the week after that. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly that played a big role for me. Um, not really wanting to look back. I mean, I've, even now I'm not really particularly interested in looking back at what, you know, at, at images that I've done. I'm not, I mean, I just want to keep moving forward. I still want to be a photographer. I still want to be shooting all the time. I don't want to be caught up with, um, you know, I, I'm not interested really that much. Although the older you get, you begin to sort of, you know, begin to sway into a bit more of a retrospective kind of Well, situation. that's what I, I was wondering that as I'm hearing you say that, I'm like, well, it, the older you get, don't you look back now? Because now you have this body of work, right? Like you've spent the majority of your career like moving forward, thinking about what's next, bam, 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 bam. But at some point, don't you, you, Simon, step back and say to yourself, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a big deal in a, in a not... <laughs> And, and I don't mean, and I don't mean like, this is you to yourself. This isn't you to anybody else. Right. Mm. But don't you think to yourself, I have really accomplished quite a bit. And I have this huge body of work. I have all these amazing images, but, and maybe even more so to some degree, I have all these amazing experiences, these life experiences that so many other people, not just in my industry, but beyond don't have. And I'm only yeah, 56. <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, I think the experiences is something that stays with you or yeah. it resonates with me, you know, more within looking back at the imagery I, I've taken. Um, yeah, I'm not super, you know, fired up really to, I mean, I'm happy to explain because it, it's great with, uh, you know, when you're Monday morning quarterbacking, I hate to use yes. that, that pun, but um, right. it's great to look back at it. But at the time I was never really... I was never thinking about it. It was just, Hey, you, you got to move on to the next you're doing this. And if you don't have your stuff together, you're going to fail at this next job that is more important than the one you've already completed. So that was definitely, that's definitely with me. I mean, that's part of who I am, I think. Well, you got to uh, keep that with you because there's the balance thing again. You got to keep that with you because your edge comes from that. Does that make sense? Like you don't want to get, you want to rest on your laurels. You don't want to yeah. sit back there and get caught in a retrospective downward uh, yeah. spiral. Uh, 
if you talk to me next time and I'm like that, just, you know, pull the trigger on the power. <laughs> well, at the, at the risk of you slipping into the retrospective abyss, I do want to ask you about a couple things about what you have done and where you have been. Uh, and I don't, I don't right. need to get stuck anywhere for too long. I'm looking through your images. I see the one where the guy, uh, weightlifters getting, crushed by that and i know that you know you've probably talked about all your images a million times but there's certain things that that stand out to me and here's what we don't have to talk about any specific images but just to bring that one up as an example here's what went through my mind you you can have all the right gear right you can have even all the knowledge but to it from my standpoint you got to be like on the ball in those, in those moments, right? You have to be what paying attention. You have to be super focused because even if you have, if you have the, 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 a brand new R5 sitting in your lap, right. And you know, everything about that, that camera and you know it like, you know, the back of your hand, if you, you can still miss the moment if you're not focused and paying attention to what's going on. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the skills that's totally overlooked with a sports photographer is the ability to concentrate. If you can't okay. concentrate and you're checking your uh, your Instagram or your stocks and shares <laughs> or, you know, you're Snapchatting or TikToking or whatever, you are going to miss the moment. For real. There's no question about that. Well, yeah, and I, I laugh. Know. I laugh I know at that. It's a surprise. It, well, it sounds okay. It sounds funny initially, right. and yet I have a sense that that's like a real issue. Yeah, it's a real issue. I think it's actually got worse. Um, you know, I did a job um, a couple of years ago where they had a lot of young photographers with us, and we were meant to be mentoring the young photographers. And um, unfortunately, all, I'm brutally honest. Like and uh, I, I, I said to the person who was with me, um, you know, this event is going to last 60 minutes. You got to turn your phone off because mm. you need to concentrate on what you're doing. Mm. And it's really difficult because the phone has become the smartphone has become this sort of like other attachment to you, this other yeah. limb almost. Yeah. And the desire to look at it means that you're not concentrating on shooting what's in front of you. Cause it's, that's right. only got, a, 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 it's a limited time that you'll be, you'll be able to shoot. Right. To, to, to understand that even, I, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, even myself, I find myself, I have to remind myself that whatever is on the phone, I can, I can deal with it. That can wait. I can deal with it later. I've got to right. concentrate. Right. Because you have a series of potential moments and, and like brief moments for someone like yourself that are going to be occurring in the next half hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half, maybe who knows how long it is. And, and if, if you're not on if you're not on the ready, you're going to miss it. And then it's gone. Yeah, there's no getting back, you know, the one moment that everybody talks about from a game. Um, there isn't. Is that I mean, a, I think is that all, a, Sorry. Go on, go on, go on. I was going to say, I think all photographers have that dilemma. You know, they all, even if you're, you know, a product photographer, there's, there's sometimes you just miss a moment and you can never get it back. Not just because it's a sort of, you know, 
Super Bowl Tom Brady moment. Right. Um, it could be literally any moment. And the ability to concentrate, I think, is is like a, a talent that is totally underplayed. If you come out of a well, you were you, were you just at the Super Bowl? Didn't I, I was just, there. Yeah, yeah. You come out of a of a game like that, even, and, and I and I like how you how you mentioned, you know, whether it's Tom Brady or whether it's, or whether it's someone that no one's ever heard of those moments still exist, right? If you come out of an event, whether it's the Super Bowl or whether it's something that's much smaller and you get one great, one great shot, is that a success in your mind? Do you think to yourself, you know, cause there's lots of prep. The day is a huge day. And you come away from something like that and in your mind, whether anybody else, you know, thinks it's a big deal or not, but in your mind, if you come away with a shot that's iconic in your mind and you think I nailed it that time, was that day a success? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know where, I don't know how you gauge that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I tend to sort of probably, overanalyze after the, I mean, I try not to think about it initially because I just don't, because it takes so much energy from you beforehand, beforehand as you suggested. Right. right. Um, you know, I'm really anxious. Um, you know, I look at where I'm able to photograph from and I'm looking at those spots and I'm like, of course, I want to be the only photographer getting the only photograph. Um, so there's, you know, you just mount, this pressure just mounts on you. And, you know, you're trying to sort of figure out all the answers to the problems that might occur for yeah. you. Yeah. And then come the game, you, you just got to get into it and concentrate only on photographing the game and trying to be aware of other issues that you might need. I mean, the Super Bowl is a good example because – you know, there was a, there was a female ref. Yep. That's something like you just might just slip your mind. You need a decent right. photograph of the, of the, of the ref, you know, and cause it was such a historic thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I was asked for and it, but it's something that could just slip through the cracks because yep. really I'm looking for a great action image. Right. I'm not looking around to photograph, you know, one of the sideline judges or referees. Right. 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 So you got to, you know, you're concentrating on the, you're thinking about your, I mean, I'm just, sorry, I'm rambling about my process of how I attempt to um, uh, figure it out or come up with an answer. So I'm, I'm thinking about all the issues that I'm going to face. I'm thinking about all the things that I want to photograph. And then I'm looking at the positions where I'm allowed to photograph from. Yep. And that's sometimes it, it, you know, that's like a gut punch right there because you're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then you're like, well, I, you can't go there. So that idea that you had is taken away straight away. You know, and I then remember the game when starts and then you just yeah. got to be, you got to be really, you got to really concentrate. It's so easy to get distracted. All the more reason, all the more reason to get rid of your phone for the time, it would seem to me. Uh, I remember when my, my wife and I, my wife's a photographer, we used to shoot weddings. And it sounds right. like Simple. what you're talking about is like to the nth degree in that we would say, you got all these variables, 
all these things you got to think about you we'd have you got to make sure you get this and oh and this this guy doesn't like to be photographed so make sure he's in you know all this stuff right and and i and we always the wedding you get that one you got that one day you get that one shot basically uh of that day you got to nail it you you can't redo it you can't have a reshoot that's it and it sounds like that's your experience on a regular basis with these gigantic events and in a relative sense this 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 super these super important shots that are going to be seen by thousands if not ten thousands if not millions of people on a regular basis that is a lot of pressure I mean, there's a big difference there, Jed. I don't have the mother-in-law berating me constantly. So, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I get away with it there. Um, I mean, I've done one wedding and I, the pressure and the, the, the angst over that was enough. I never did another one. You so, have a basis uh, of comparison with one wedding and that was all you needed. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I could never do this job. It's too stressful. <laughs> uh, well, here, here's what I, you said something that, that piqued my interest. You, it seems as though, because you were like, I want to be the one photographer that gets the one shot. What's that What's that competitive piece like to take that a little bit further for you and, and in your experience for others in that moment? Because I'm imagining you're not the only one that wants to be the photographer that gets the shot, right? What's that What's that atmosphere like among your peers during a, during an event like that? Well, of course, you know, you go into an event with that idea, you know, I mean, it's a bit like rocking horse poo. I mean, it's it's completely not reasonable, is it? I mean, there's 10 million other photographers there right. and some organizations have 10 million other photographers there. And, right. you know, you, you feel like, yes, I'm going to be the one, you know, and it's uh, oh, my God. Um, but you need something to spur you on. And that's uh-huh. definitely the competitiveness in me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I am competitive. Uh, it's a little bit of an understatement. I am, uh, but that's uh, not a bad thing though for you. It's not a bad thing, but you know, to be first down to get the coffee in the morning, you know, I gotta kind of gotta <laughs> eat up a little bit, you know, you gotta save it for the game, Simon, save it for the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Here's the other thing so- I was wondering, I, I was wondering, in your in your scenarios right because you, uh, you photograph a lot of different events how important if at all is it for you to be aware of how the nuances within the very okay so you go to a football game it's different than uh american football games different than um uh, a soccer game right there's different rules there's different nuances there's different things that happen as a and or you go to the indianapolis or, or formula one car event or a tennis match i'm looking at i think i'm looking at wimbledon right here on the screen how important is it for you to be aware of the various nuances in these sports if you're on the sideline of, of a soccer match i'm going to use the american terms here because that that that's easier for me how easy or how much how important is it for you to be aware that oh th- there might be a through ball here any second right i got to i got to be in position as opposed to not really understanding what's going on to be able to anticipate things like that do you study the sport itself do you try to become familiar with the nuances of whatever event that you're at so that you can anticipate things like that better i think it's a double edged sword you could sort of overthink it of course 
and yeah. then completely, you know, there's no control over where the best image is going to take place. Mm. So you can overthink it. There's no question about it. But any mm-hmm. kind of knowledge helps you maybe decide a position where you want to sit. So, you know, I mean, I definitely, you know, any any kind of, you know, I, any any help you need all the help you can get. I need all the help I can get as a photographer. Well, and because I think there has to be times where you're photographing something that you're generally not very interested in. Um, <laughs> you don't have to say what they are, but like as opposed to something that you are really fired up about, you know, whether it's an event or a sport or whatever, where you're like, maybe you're maybe you're super into tennis. And you're like, I get to go to Wimbledon and photograph something that I'd be watching on TV at home anyway. I mean, I don't think I, I mean, I've covered a lot of different sports. I don't really, for me, uh, I like the variety because it does keep you a little bit on your feet, right? keep you on the edge a little bit and makes you think. It's so easy to get in a rut and go to the same position. You know, you can wear a groove to the sort of the same old position you've been to. So there's a danger to being over familiar with the sports as much as there's a danger to not knowing anything. That's interesting. I, I didn't think about it from that from that standpoint. It can keep you on your toes because you f- you feel like you're not very familiar with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you you know, and then, and then you should definitely, you know, if you're getting assigned to do a you know sport that you've never been to before, it's always. I mean, you've got to do your homework. Right. Right. Yeah, right. That's right, got to right. be included in the prep work that you right. should be doing. Right. Um, if you don't, then you will just do what you see other people do. Right. And who's to say that's the right thing? I mean, right or the yeah, right. Then everybody gets the same shot anyway. Yeah. Tell tell me this. So, last year obviously was a unique year for you and everybody else on the planet. How does somebody like you that relies on sporting events and and other big events? How do you, how do you handle now? It, you can speak about it a little bit retrospectively, even though it's still lingering, of course, now, or it's not like we're on the other side of it completely, but what did that look like for you? Someone that relies on these big events. What did, what did you do? Yeah. I mean, uh, man, what a year. I mean, yeah. I think it's 2020. I mean, no one was not affected by it. And right. I suppose, you know, I always, at the beginning of the year, I was doing an event and I'd seen the the, the news coming out of China. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I was like, what would I do? You know, I asked myself that question. Right. And, uh, you know, I had to think long and hard, but uh, there are many things that I push to the side that are left on the bookshelf yeah. that I need to, you know, clean up and sort out. Yeah. So there was one project that, you know, I thought, well, if I'm going to have all this time, that's what I would do to keep myself somewhat structured. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, I think of March, I did a job on March 11th, I think almost around about that time, it just, that was right stopped. before. Yeah. yeah, that was at the very end of like normal yeah. life for me personally. I think it was March 13th where we right. where we went into lockdown. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And as much as I sort of had some sort of idea, you know, I kind of, you know, danced around doing something. I, uh, you know, the, the reality was a little different. You know, suddenly 
everybody was in this in my house you know my family i have two teenage girls you know my wife was working from home yep and suddenly my private space you know during the day was invaded you know and I, and they were all structured and i was walking i mean even the dog was pissed off with me because i was walking it so much so you know, I just, I was like, I was lost initially. Sure. Um, sure. sure. Was, you didn't know what to do. I, I, I didn't know what I couldn't go any, I couldn't, if I said anything like, Hey, good morning. I got my head bitten off. You know, if I said, you know, you know, it was just mental in the house and, uh, uh, man. Yeah. As I said, the dog took the brunt of it. <laughs> got Poor dog. He's an easy, he's an easy target. 45 times an hour. Uh, but well, I, I knew I needed to sort of find something to give me some structure, you know, right. No work. Uh, you know, that's all I've done for the last 30 bloody years. It's just keep right. going, you know, like I've been on the hamster wheel and suddenly it stopped and I flew off it, you know, I hit the wall. Right. Because you were always spent. This is this kind of yeah. circles back to what we were talking about at the beginning. And this is what made me think about it is that when you're in this mode, for so right. long where right. you're just constantly because that's really who you are and how you work and and and, right. and what i think what really helps propel you it seems like and then all of a sudden it's like hitting a brick wall whether you like it or not right yeah I, I, it was uh i just kept telling myself that you know there, uh, you know obviously four hundred thousand families out there have it worse than i do so right. you know um, I just kept telling myself, no matter how bad I have it, somebody has it worse than I do. Right. And I need to, you know, I just can't, I can't keep walking the dog. I've got to do something else. So, so what did um, that lead to for you? It led to me doing things that I kind of hate doing and, uh, you know, tackling all the problems that I've sort of buried deep in the, uh, the coffins of the office, you know? So, oh, man. Uh, yeah, it was rough. So, you, um, so but, you you focused on things that you've been procrastinating or putting off to the side, and and then and then you did some things that you felt like, well, I I should I should get around to this stuff, even though I, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, I had no desire to do. I ended up, uh, you know, I had like six years of work that I'd never edited, that I kept oh. every shoot, oh. and and you know, it was a double. It was a it was it was good because I had it was a double problem. I had all this, all these shoots unedited. I had this data problem that I, I completely, right. you know, decided that wasn't going to be my problem until it became <laughs> a massive problem. And of course they always become massive problems when yes. you shove them under the carpet. Yeah. So I, I was, I, I edited like, you know, a complete, you know, psychopath on the, uh, on, on that front, you know, I was plowing through it. And then it, I also reduced, you know, I, I, I gained back like six terabytes off the, uh, off the drives that I was using. So it was, that was good. You and have a sense of accomplishment based on, based on the terabytes that are now free. <laughs> oh yeah. I told you I was competitive, you know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I actually can relate to that pretty, pretty directly in a lot of ways. Tell me yeah, now we, then compare, obviously last year was a mess, but it's not like, Oh, on January 1st, a, a, a virus or a pandemic is like, well, that was last year. I mean, we're still, 
we're still dealing with a lot of things now. It's not like we're completely on the other side of it. But what's it like now? I mean, you were just at the Super Bowl, right? What what is it like now photographing in these environments? Because you have what a, a stadium that's, and I saw it on TV, but I don't have a sense of what it was like to actually be there. It's half full, or it's a third full, or what? What's what's it like now to be at these places? Well, uh, the Super Bowl was the first. I think it, it was the well. I mean, I've been to a couple of other NFL games when they've let in a smaller amount of people, right? Right. Maybe family and close friends, right? But the Super Bowl was the first event I've been to with a crowd. Um, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think that that is. Yeah, that was. You know, they said there were twenty-two thousand people there amongst the cutouts. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it. it <laughs> It's, it's great to not have to turn up three hours before an event just so you get the parking. Right. <laughs> so there is an upside to it. You're like looking at the glass half full. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the reality is it's, I mean, without the crowd, it's, uh, it, they don't get their due. They're just, you, they're looked at as a cost center really. Um, but the reality for a photographer, they're, so important um well that yes right because of the vibe and because of the like the energy right the vibe the energy the fact that you get great backgrounds um <laughs> you know i mean it's there's there's a there's a lot you know as much as i do like you know leaving you know five seconds before the event and getting a prime parking spot i mean i love the crowd being there it's a uh, well I, I shallow depth of field right and i and i say that on one hand, but then I also noticed this year that the lenses that I was, that they were using on TV had a lot, they were really shallow depths of field. And I wondered, is that because the environment in, you know, it blurs out. And so you don't notice that all you see is like a blur of crowd. It's not right. like you can tell, well, those are cardboard cutouts all over the place. Right. Yeah, the Super Bowl did a great thing. I thought they did a, a very intelligent thing. They put the cutouts and they had people between the cutouts. So right. that that was pretty clever. I mean, some stadiums I've been to, they've just had sections of cutouts um, and then empty sections, you know. So I thought that the way that Super Bowl or the NFL, whoever sorted that out, was that was a pretty clever move, to be honest with you. Now, we have some gearheads that, that listen and that are always interested in what, what are you shooting with? You know, what, what lenses are you using? It, talk to me a little bit about the R5, right? Like that's, that's the big daddy right now. It's, it's, it's got amazing tech for sports. And we've talked about, you know, you need to, you need to be, you need to concentrate because it doesn't matter if you have the best camera in the world in your hands, but now flip that coin a little bit and talk about the R5 with me and, 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 why it's so great in your mind? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple, to be honest with you, Jed. I mean, the ability to to, to not make any noise. Yeah, it's be silent. silent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not quite a revolution as digital analog to digital was, but I mean, it is. That's mind bending. <laughs> For me, for me, I could have used that in those wedding days. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Christ, <laughs> you in the church there? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it, 
not being noticed. I mean, that's the yeah. goal of every photographer, right? Is to be invisible, right? Um, and they haven't quite developed the invisible cloak, but they the silent <laughs> camera is is oh, I mean, I can't. I mean, the one example I've got for you is that when work did slightly pick up, I got to go to the U.S. Open Golf at Wingfoot. Oh yeah, um, and. You know, I, I realized that there was no crowd there before I was yeah. going. I was thinking about it. How was I going to work this, you know? Right. Um, because when you're photographing golf, you you use the crowd. You use it to hide amongst. Sure. You use it to, you know, muffle the sound of the, sh you know, the shutter going off. I mean, there's lots yep. of reasons why the crowd work for the photographers yeah and suddenly i show up there and i'm standing there you know with a 4028 and i'm like i'm i'm a sore thumb you know i'm like so obvious no doubt the, gol the golfers haven't changed their perspective you know they still want it to be dead silent right. you know and uh, what and i learned it the hard way the first day the uh i was following a number of groups the last group had Jason Day in it, and mm -hmm. I he was in the rough. <laughs> nice background, pretty average photograph, but I let rip with the motor drive on the I had the Mark III, the 1DX yeah. Mark III. Yeah. I rip it, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is yeah, this is yeah, this is not a bad, this is a nice standard image, Simon. Yeah, well done, you know, big clap on the back. And then I I hear this noise and I, I look around and I'm looking and there's these people shouting and I'm looking really? at them and they're about five, 600 feet, 700 feet away, thousand feet. I can't remember the distance. They're shouting. And I'm like, who are they shouting at? <laughs> no way. <laughs> they're shouting at me. No way. They were shouting. They could hear my, they were on the top of their, of the tee box on the top of their um, drives and I had ripped it and they were pissed. Oh, man. I'm like, Oh, I've got to follow that group as well at some stage, you know, and there I am. <laughs> oh God. So it straight away forced me to, cause the, oh. the, the Canon one, the XMR three, the hybrid, I used the live view yeah. and I realized, wow, I mean, that's, this is going to save me from having a, nine iron shoved somewhere you know so uh i, I quickly oh. mastered the the ability to do that right right know, on the right, back of the right. live view and right. i had an r5 with me but i hadn't used one before mm -hmm. and uh i got pretty good with it on the uh, on the sunday <laughs> i was like gonna that. say but, I, I bet you i bet that was even more incentive for you to learn that r5 yeah. as fast as you could yeah i figured that out you know uh the great thing about you know lots of other photographers having the same gear is that they you know everybody's like hey i do this i do that and you look you've never read the manual in fact you've never seen the manual you just you know it's word of mouth grapevining and figuring out how to uh, to make it work for you so from there i ended up doing the masters all on an r5 and you know guys it's it's change it that changes the way it changed the way i shoot golf um totally silent top of their backswing getting close on a wide lens i mean wow it i mean seriously i i was um i was pretty happy 
Well, and I would think that it's, it's okay. Cause you were talking earlier about all the different variables and we likened it to my experience with a wedding. So that's why it, it stood out to me, but all the different variables that you have to be on top of and, and, and the pressure's there and you get that one chance or that one day and to be able to completely remove one of those variables, you know, like not being heard you know, right. as you, as you click that shutter it is huge, isn't it? It, it doesn't, it might not seem like that big of a deal to the layperson, but when you're in, when you're in the moment and you're the guy and you don't have to worry about being heard anymore, that's enormous. I mean, as I said, I, I equate it to the shift from analog to di yeah. digital. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. I, and I'm a little surprised at how quiet, that kind of it is and yeah. why photographers are not jumping up and down. Like, I mean, I'm jumping up and down on the bed, you know, like it's quiet. <laughs> There's no noise. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me like I'm some sort of nutter, you know? This so, is a uh, big deal. Seriously. Yeah. This is a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I can foresee, I mean, obviously I live in DC. I, I, I run into the guys who are working on the, you know, in the, the white house and uh, yeah. on the Same, hill right. and they're, they they are mandating silent, you know, mirrorless cameras. Um, right. I can, you know, sports events are going to mandate, golf events are going to quickly mandate mirrorless cameras. True, it, it makes sense because you get to a point where the bar gets raised to yeah. a point where then that's what's expected from everybody. It's like, well, yeah. what wh what are you doing with a camera that's making noise here? You can't, yeah, I mean, you can't even shoot with that anymore. I mean, as a photographer, you've never really been bugged by the noise because you're so used well, to it and immune right. to it. But when I did the masters, you know, I had guys shooting over my shoulder who were ripping the motor drive. And I was like, man. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, to, uh, to, uh, to, I mean, the silence thing is, oh, man. I mean, I mean, not even to talk about the feature work that you would do. Right, or, right. You know, I mean, right. Man, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I can't tell you how excited I am about the R5 and hopefully R5's brother or sister. Right, right. I, so tell me this, you're, you're part of, you're, you're a Canon Explorer of Light, and you mentioned earlier you talked about the, the time that you spend mentoring or in, in instructing others. Um, Badly. Me, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I expected you to say that. I don't believe you for a second, but tell <laughs> me about, tell me about that piece of your, or of your job or your career or, or who you are as, as an instructor or as a mentor um, and kind of, Maybe your desire through the through the explorers of light to speak to these these uh, these next gen not just the next generation the next generations because I almost feel like there's one or two below me and you're ten <laughs> years older than me so there's one or two below you too. Hey, way to put the knife in, Jed. Well, I'm putting it in both of us in all fairness, and I say this because I'm I've I have discovered that I'm not I'm not young anymore. I'm not. And, and there's, there's more than one generation below me now in, in our industry, even right. There's a, there was a big difference for me, even between my, my early twenties and late thirties. Those are two very yeah. distinct 
pieces. And, and you're in a position now as an explorer of light where all these people, you know, they look to the ELOs and it's like, that's the, that is the top of the heap, man. And you're there and you're in this position to speak to them and to mentor them. Um, what's, what's that like? And what does that like? What does that look like? Do you think moving forward for you in your career? Well, the first thing is it, it keeps me honest. I would say the oh. most important thing is oh. that it does keep me honest because it is kind of humbling to, you know, I don't think anybody's interested in what I'm doing or particularly when I start talking about it. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm amazed that you wanted to talk to me, Jed. Uh, and maybe you didn't. Um, but I suppose that part of it has been a, a real eye opener for me. Um, the realization, the, the, the dawning realization. Yeah. I, yeah. And then I think the other part is, you know, photography is a pretty solitary business. So you, you, you know, you're alone a lot, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> sure. No, I didn't think about it that way. Well, I mean, we have a portrait studio, so it's not exactly the sure. same, but for you, that makes a lot. Yeah. You're, you're on the road. Yeah. You're, on the, you're alone quite a bit. Out, yeah, you know, so to even be part of the of, event. Yeah, to be part of a group of, uh, you know, to, to listen to other photographers talk about how they solve their issues and problems and how they manage to. I, I, I love listening to other photographers talk about their work uh, and how they achieved it or they failed at it or... So to, so that was one part of it, obviously. The other part is to, as I just said, to recognize that, you know, I go and, and, and the ability to talk to people and explain what I've done uh, and how I got there. And a lot of times I've never thought about that process, that creative process. I've never thought about it. And I'm like, well, you know. I've not just, consciously. Not, yeah, not consciously. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I figured out where the on button is on the camera. I showed up at the event and hey, hey presto, I've got a you know, bloody massive Picasso in my back pocket. But the reality is, you know, you're, I, I you know, I am thinking about it like yeah. all the time. Always. Yeah. So that part of it is, is, uh, it, it, I find really helps me across the board. I like the keeps, I like the keeps you honest piece. Yeah. I, I mean, it does. I think that's a big deal. <laughs> I'm glad you think it is a big deal. I do too. Right. And that's why I mentioned it to you, but yeah, I mean, teaching, I, I, I don't, th I mean, I, that's what I wanted to be when I, I, I did want to, I failed at school and then I, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I want to be a, you know, maybe a physical education teacher. They wouldn't even let me in. So I, I, I couldn't get in. So teaching is definitely, you know, I, I, I'm not teaching the 101 way, but I'm right, happy. Right, right. I'm happy and, 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 and somewhat honest with um, the people that I have mentored. And those uh, are the best teachers, to. you know, Simon, those are the best yeah, teachers. Yeah. Yeah. The, ha maybe. the happy, honest ones are by far <laughs> the best teachers. <laughs> Yeah, two words not associated. You're, you're one of the best, whether you like it or not. I have a sense that you're legitimately one of the best, whether you acknowledge okay, it or thanks. like it or not. If you're so, honest yeah. and happy, what's what's better than that? Yeah, I don't know about the happy part, man. You know, that's a tough word to dissect. You know, I mean, uh... <laughs> tell me this: what's your next big thing? What's what's coming up for you? You, you uh, job-wise, even like what's on the horizon? What's what's staring you down? 
So, I mean, you know, this is uh, last year. I got to go back to 2020. I hate to, but um, you know, it was an Olympic year, so it was yeah, it was a full year of work. Yeah. There was, you know, there was a lot of work to, you know, coming my way as a freelance guy. So, um, right. you know, that all went away this year. Again, everything is being talked about, and you know, I'm hoping everything gets off the drawing board but yes. i think part of what 2020 taught me was that you had to be sort of you know you had to change at the drop of a hat yes so you have to be on your toes on that you know that part you know big events i mean they're trying as best they can mm -hmm. to uh figure it out um yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the olympics happens i'm down right. to go to the Olympics. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, and there's some other big events obviously happening in the year. So uh, I'm hoping to get to them. But there is a, you know, there's a strong chance that nothing. There's a big will not, see still, right? Definitely a big will see. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you've got to be as flexible. Yeah. I'm definitely running out of projects that I left on the shelf. Let's put it like that. So I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> You got six terabytes now, man. There's there's not much more to do there. Oh no, man! I got more than that. I figured out the 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 whole scene, man. Well, I I didn't personally, but I I, I couldn't keep going the way I was going, which is, uh, you know, you'll see my 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 Instagram post on how I dealt with it down well, the line. I hope, I'm, I'm, I'm I planning hope. something. Let's put it like that. I good. I so tell me this and end with this. Where? What's your website? What's your Instagram handle? Where can people go find you on on the web? Uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. SimonBruti.com um, uh, and uh, SimonBruti at Instagram. Mm -hmm. I have a second one called AnyChance underscore. Yeah. So, uh, I like to I like to hear about those second ones a lot of times because people don't know about those. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, so that's that's how you can, you know. <laughs> see what i'm trying to do i i appreciate your time thank you for sitting with me and 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 going going through my my questions um i no despite what you may think i really did want to do this i was nervous about <laughs> this a little bit and you 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 put me at ease pretty pretty quickly and so i i appreciate okay. your candor thank you so much yeah thanks for having me on mate all right have a good one bye